0: you today, if you have your Bibles, invite you to the Holy Scripture today. Awesome presence of the Lord is here today. I believe God wants to do miracles in this place. Amen, amen. Genesis chapter number 17, verse number 15. So blessed to be in his presence today. Amen. It's not very often do you get to say that I get to be in the presence of a king. Amen. But when you get in his house, you are in the presence of not just a king, but the king of kings Amen. and the lord of lords. What an awesome privilege that is to be in his presence. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, I shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. And Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old, and shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear. And Abraham said unto God, O oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him, for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him I will establish my covenant for an everlasting covenant I probably want to take us on a journey today and I'll be mindful of the hour but I feel like the Lord has has awoken me in the early hours of the morning I want to preach to you today about the mystery of the stone the mystery of the stone. Would you help me pray today? God of heaven, I love you. And God, I pray that not one word would come out of my mouth that does not give you glory and edify you. Let your church receive, God, exactly what you need them to hear today. Lord, I believe that every soul that is here is here on purpose. God, every aspect of this service has been on purpose. God, right now we yield ourselves to you, God, that you can have free course in this place. Let your will be done in this house today. I pray, Father, in Jesus' mighty name we pray. God bless you today. You may be seated. Amen. This scripture tells us of. Maybe something that we could all relate with, not having a child when you're 90 years old. But something here that I find as I dive into the scripture. I find here that they have Ishmael, the child, the the mistake, the one that they've done in their own timing without the plan of God. And then I find a miracle that is born, the miracle of Isaac. This is a, a, a very puzzling scripture because it appears as though that out of the same household there are miracles and there are mistakes. I think probably all of us can find a time in our life where we can relate with this scripture. A mistake is a fault in understanding, it is a, is a, is a misperception, it is a, an interpretation, an idea, an answer or an act that is wrong. A mistake is an error. It is a fumble, an inaccuracy, a miscalculation, a blunder. It is confused or a misunderstanding. But a miracle is an event or an action that apparently and uh, contradicts scientific laws and is hence thought to be due to supernatural causes. A miracle, even in our dictionaries, is labeled as an act of God or a remarkable event, a marvel. There are such synonyms that go with it. A curiosity, a mystery, a wonder, an enigma. I believe that we live in a world that is full of mistakes, but we have become almost void of miracles. And the reason why that we live in such a world is merely because of the perception of man. We focus on mistakes, and we often fail to see the miracles. We lament the Bible. The Bible teaches us many things about this. But one theologian said we we lament the mistakes of a good man. Dwight Eisenhower said nothing is easy in war. Mistakes are always paid for with casualties. That is the view of the fallen man. Oftentimes in our life, mistakes override the miracles. When our mistakes are brought to God, He has a way of removing the things that create failure in our spiritual walk. Amen. But I want you to understand something. Oftentimes, even when God performs a miracle for us, and even when God overrides the things of our past, there is that nagging thought of the mistake that never leaves your mind. It's a mistake that seems to never let you go into full freedom, into the presence of God. I know today that I may only be preaching to a select number of people, but I want you to hear me today. God is ready to set you free of that guilt and that shame that has held you captive for too long. If I could have just a little bit more monitor, that would be are awesome amen amen there is that mistake it's not just an ordinary mistake but it's a mistake that has embarrassed us it's a mistake that maybe has hurt and harmed and ruined our witness it's caused us to begin a downward spiral towards the eddying waters of shame and shame will hold you captive shame will stop your worship shame will stop your commitment to God If you're not careful before long, the mistake will rule your entire life, that mistake that never leaves your mind. It's the one that rises and stands before you every time you begin to pray. It mocks you when you lift your hands to worship. It is that mistake that laughs at you when you volunteer for prayer. It is that mistake that distracts you when you attempt to study the Word of God. It is that mistake that haunts you every time you make a new commitment. It is that mistake that goads you and rides you and robs you of your peace. It has raided you of all of your spiritual reserves. It's a mistake that's something that can no longer allow you to live free, but you live in the torment of a yesterday's mistake. And I want you to understand today that if you find yourself in that position, God is ready for the miracle to override the mistake and give you freedom again in your spiritual walk. He's ready to set you free from guilt and shame and condemnation today. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are four names mentioned in this scripture text. Abraham, Sarah, Ishmael, and Isaac no stranger to most of us. Abraham was the man of God that God called out of the land of the Chaldeans, the searcher of the city, whose builder and maker was God. And then there's Sarah, his wife, the old patriarch, faithfully followed Abraham into the land that God was leading them. And then Ishmael, the son born to Abraham in his moment of doubt, And I want you to understand something without going into a great theological uh, chase today. We still battle with the descendants of Ishmael today. We still have a fight against the gospel truth from the descendants of Ishmael today. Amen. Because of a mistake. Because of a moment of doubt. And then there was Isaac. He was the promised child. He was the one that fulfilled the promise. In the old age of Abraham and Sarah. But there's far more to the story than just what we see there. When we lend our lives, amen, and we find out here in the origin of this mistake or this failure, Amen. Whether or not we are willing to admit it. This particular failure began a long process before the act took place. It was a moment of doubting the Word of God. It was a moment of doubting the promise of God. Abraham knew that God had promised a child, but in a weak moment, he decided, I'm going to work this out by myself. I'm going to fix this without the help of Jesus. I'm going to fix this with, oh, hallelujah. I want you to understand something, folks. There's some things in your life that you will never find the answer to because the only answer is an altar of prayer and an altar of repentance and the delivering power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I find no greater illustration of this point Then then when I look at the life of Samson, I find no greater illustration. The Bible said, and he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines, 20 years. Then went Samson to Gaza, and saw there a harlot, and went in unto her for 20 long years, that unbridled passion. And untethered lust ate at the very soul of Samson until it was fulfilled in one moment of failure, in one moment of weakness. And the same was with the origin of the mistake of Abraham. Abraham found himself involved in a famine. And the Bible said, and there was a famine in the land. And Abraham went down to Egypt to sojourn there. Let me stop long enough to tell you, Egypt is type in shadow of the world. And you don't ever want to get in a spiritual famine and turn to the world for direction. You better turn to the church. You better turn to the man of God. God, the world don't have the answers to your addiction. The world don't have the answers to your failure. Be careful who you talk to when you're in a family. You get in a spiritual dry place, be careful who you talk to. Be careful who you take advice from. Oh, God. The Bible said he went down. I want you to understand something. You're going to have to lower the level in order to go to Egypt. You can't stay holy and go to Egypt. You can't stay sanctified and go to Egypt. You got to lay some things down in order to go to Egypt. I'm thankful for the church today. I'm thankful for the safe haven of the house of God today. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He went down to Egypt. And it was in Egypt. Oh God. Can I tell you the spiritual application is never ever seek advice in a spiritual matter from a carnal thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You will meet failure when you turn to the wrong places in a spiritual dry place. Well, oh, yes you will. It was in Egypt that Abraham went during this time of famine. He left the land of Canaan to go to Egypt. For the land whither thou goest in to possess it is not as the land of Egypt from which ye came out. Where you sowest thy seed and waterest it with thy foot as a garden of herbs. But the land whither you go to, possess it. It is a land of hills and valleys and drinketh water of the rain of heaven. A land in which the Lord thy God careth for and the eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it. From the beginning of the year even to the end of the year in Egypt water has to be carried from the muddy muddy Nile in order to water its crops. But in Canaan there's fresh rain provided to refresh the crop. Hey Amen. I want you to understand something. you got to forsake the altar if you're going to build your camp in Egypt. Your altars and your camp were the meeting places with God. It was a place where God would commune with you and you cannot do that living in Egypt. you got to make up in your mind, I'm staying with the church. I'm staying with the body of Christ. I'm staying in the safety of the ark. I'm staying. i Staying, I'm staying. Come on, somebody help me lift your hands. I feel the resistance of the enemy that doesn't want this word to go forth today. But I break that stronghold right now. God, I know you came to set somebody free today. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The Bible said, Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help. Stay on horses and trust in chariots, because they are many and in horsemen, because they are very strong. But they look not to the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. It was in Egypt that the wheels and the mistake began to turn. Hagar had been picked by Sarah to be her handmaid. It was in the haven of the world, then his spiritual drought. It has to be understood that some detrimental things will be picked up while you're in the world. Oh, God, you may make it back to the church. You may make it back to the altar. But some things that will disease your family can be picked up while you're in the world. And Sarah, Abraham's wife, bear him no children. But down here in Egypt, she said, I got a handmaiden. An Egyptian she is, whose name is Hagar. Time has a way of wearing down the promises of God. Abraham and Sarah were not immune to the weight of time. They knew that God had promised them a child. But time has a way of causing doubt. Time has a way of wearing you out while you wait on God's promise. And they began to doubt that God would ever live up to his promise of making them a father of many nations. In a great moment of doubt, Abraham and Sarah decided to take matters into their own hands. And because of that, Ishmael was born. It did not take long for Abraham to realize that a mistake had been born. He noticed the constant battle between Sarah. Sarah, and Hagar, he noticed the rivalry and the hatred. They began to compete for the eyes of Abraham. They began to fight for Abraham's attention. And Abraham saw his miracle getting further in the distance while his mistake was always before him. Every time I think about the miracle, Ishmael stands before me. When the weight of guilt on the shoulders of Abraham, he turned to the only place he had left. In Genesis chapter 17, we read read about the renewal of the covenant. Amen. That is the only place to go when the mistake has you gasping for spiritual breath. It was a renewed covenant, a place of renewal, a place of consecration, a place of hope, a place of of refreshment. And after the renewing of the covenant with Abraham, shortly thereafter, we see the birth of the prophet. Maybe the reason why the promise has not came in your life yet. Maybe the reason why the miracle hasn't happened yet is you haven't renewed your covenant lately. You haven't renewed your walk with God lately. And after the covenant was renewed, the birth of the miracle happened. Isaac comes along and he is the child of their joy. He is the son of their laughter. And the mistake and the miracle live in the same house. Oh, God. But I want to be used of God. But I've got these mistakes. I've come to let you know that God is ready for the miracle to serve eviction on the mistake. He's ready to set you free. Every time I try to do something for God mistake raises its ugly face but God is ready to evict the mistake and is ready to let the miracle rise to the forefront of your attention and bring a mighty move of his presence in your life to let God take care of the the mistake. The miracle and the mistake will always struggle in the Spirit. It's like this. Ishmael will be the son of doubt while Isaac the son of promise. Ishmael the work of the flesh. Isaac the work of the Spirit. Ishmael Abraham's mistake. Isaac was Abraham's promise. Hagar, the Egyptian, the intruder. Sarah, the blessed. Hagar, the world. Sarah, the chosen church. Abraham, a man of doubt. And Abraham, a man of faith. Abraham the liar who fled to Egypt the world and then there's Abraham the man of faith that fled his homeland to seek out the place of God the Bible is loaded with examples like this where the old preachers by God who didn't have resources like we have today would pray and meditate over the word of God and he would give them help for the church can I tell you today that we've got a case in our life where Ishmael He's trying to torment our Isaac and Ishmael is trying to take the place of our promise. But I've come to tell you that he soon needs to understand that he was the mistake and Isaac is the miracle and the attitude of Ishmael needs to be evicted from your life today. Quit letting your failure put shame on you every time you lift your hands. Quit letting your past torment you every time you come to worship. You need to evict the the mistake today. Uh, He became the rival. He became the tormentor of Isaac. The mistake worked every opportunity he could to crush the miracle. The mistake badgered the miracle, the mistake smothered the miracle. He harassed the miracle. The mistake pestered the miracle. And so is the story of our lives. When commitment begins to grow, when our walk with God begins to move forward, the mistake always begins to harass me. The mistake always begins to torment me. The failure always begins to speak louder than the miracle. But I've come to tell you today a day or two of fasting, it seems like the miracle has the upper hand and the mistake is not there. But suddenly it vanishes. Suddenly it comes back to suffocate you. And so it soon became apparent to Abraham something had to be done. And so Abraham stands and he sends Ishmael away. He says, You got Gotta go buddy. You got to get out of here. You got to get out of Isaac's way. The mistake had finally been banished and the miracle was in the process of stretching its wings. Today you might not walk in your full calling or your full miracle but if you can evict the mistake out of your life today, the miracle can begin to stretch its wings and the ministry can begin to stretch its wings and the call of God on your life can begin to be fulfilled. Oh, God. Oh, Abraham was really going to be the father of a great nation in spite of his mistake. Abraham was really going to possess the land of Canaan in spite of his mistake. Abraham found the earlier relationship he had enjoyed with God in spite of his failure. Abraham really was blessed by God in spite of his mistake. And The enemy wants to take God's blessings off of our life by reminding us of paths that we took, and choices we made, and decisions we made. If that wouldn't have happened in my life, I could really be used today. If that wouldn't have happened, maybe I could do a work for God. But I've come to tell you, just like Abraham of old, God said, if you'll just move the mistake out of the conscience place of your mind, and you'll allow me to move in with my spirit of healing, I'm going to restore to you a relationship that you thought would never be again. I'm going to restore to you a work for God that you never thought would be again. I've come to tell somebody that the enemy's told it's over. It's not over, it had not even started yet. He's getting ready to pour an anointing on you. He's gonna pour a miracle on you. He's gonna pour a breakthrough. (laughs) Revival can still come in spite of my mistakes. Healing can still happen in spite of my mistakes. Restoration can still take place. In spite of my flesh, in spite of it, hope is still alive in my life. In spite of my mistakes, and faith still believes in spite of my mistakes. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. And all things are of God. Who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was cro- was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed us unto the world of reco- the Word of reconciliation. God is ready to give you your miracle. Can I tell you what's stopping you from receiving it? Has nothing to do with the church. It has nothing to do with God. It has everything to do with you letting go and forgiving yourself. Right. I was reading a story a few weeks ago. I, I like to read. I, someone asked me what I liked about ministry. Reading's probably one of those things. I think reading increases knowledge. I was reading a story though, and it was this this mystery that I talked to you about today of the stone. There was something very furtive about the way this little old man rummaged around in the trunk of his car that captured the attention of onlookers. He cast a nervous glance over his shoulders when he lifted something very heavy out of his car that was wrapped in a cloth. His unexpected arrival had broken the stillness of the horizon of the Blue Mesa Desert in Arizona's petrified forest. He labored across the road and out into the desert. Moving with difficulty, this little fellow shuffled, stopping now and then to catch his breath. He continued until he reached the hump of a small hill that formed on the lower edge of the Blue Mesa. He calculated the slope. He then hefted his burden and started down the hill. Once he had gained the bottom, He walked perhaps 10 yards further to the edge of a small gully, knelt in the dirt, and gently unwrapped his bundle. A piece of petrified wood tumbled out from under the cloth. I don't have petrified wood today, but I found me a stone. A piece of petrified wood tumbled out. It appeared to be about 15 pounds. A splintered chunk from the base of an old tree, looking astonishingly wooden, although it had turned to stone some 200 million years ago. It glittered with crystals and gleamed green and red and blue from the smooth jasper that had filled the tree's living cells. This old man bent down and touched the stone and then lifted his eyes toward the sunset and sat motionless for a long time. It was at that point that it began to tell the story. I had to bring it back, he said, answering a question that was never asked. I found it 60 years ago. I took it when I was 13. My brother and I plotted and planned and took it when our father was not watching. We stole this from the Blue Mesa desert. My father was upset, he said, when he found it. We were already back to New York by then. He said, I've carried this rock my entire life. I've carried this, always struggling with the conscience of returning it. I vowed to return it to the desert who had once harbored the treasure. The guilty twinge had persisted in his life. All of those years. Was the stone valuable? Sure it was. Did the stone have great monetary value? Sure it did. But this man had carried that guilt for 60 long years. He realized I'd done something that I should not have done 60 years ago. And after 60 years of guilt and 60 years of shame, he said I must take the stone back to the slope where I picked it up. Sixty years he carried the stone, and in the deepening twilight, there was a faint smile that joined the old man's face. A traveler finally experienced relief within sight at the end of his journey, laying there at the return of his guilt and his shame. He took his last breath and left this world. Can I tell somebody today, God wants you to lay down that mistake and that shame before it's too late. <laughs> some of you carried some stones of bitterness for a long time. Some of you carried some stones of hatred and jealousy and envy for a long time. But God said, I'm ready for you to lay down the stone. Because I've got a miracle for your life. He With every head bowed and every eye closed, I wonder if there's anybody that's got some stones today. I wonder if there's anybody that's got some mistakes today. Maybe somebody's cheated you. Maybe it's a confrontation with somebody that you don't know how to get past. Maybe it's something that you can't forgive somebody for. Maybe it's dishonesty with God. Maybe, maybe, Maybe it's a bad marriage. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's a failure in your life. Whatever your stone is, can I tell you the mystery of it is today, when you lay it down, God's going to give you a miracle. I feel a spirit of heaviness that's about to come over this room. Come on, brother and sister, we're not going to think bad of you. Would you just reach over and pick up that stone and carry it to an altar? Would you just walk to an altar and say, God, I can't carry this pain anymore. I can't carry this guilt anymore. I can't carry the shame anymore. I got to lay it down, God. Come on, it's the one thing that stopped you from being what God wants you to be. It's the mystery of the stone. Come on, there's others. There's others. Lay it down, brothers and sisters. Lay it down. Don't carry that guilt anymore. Your ministry depends on you laying it down. Can I just tell somebody as you continue to pray in this auditorium, the salvation of your children depends on you laying this bitterness down. The future of your family depends on it. You got to lay it down. You got to lay it down. You got to bring it to the altar. Come on, is there others that would walk up here and say, God? I need a breakthrough this morning. I need a breakthrough in this house this morning. Would you gather in around these that are praying? Come on, I feel a divine move and wind of the Holy Ghost that wants to sweep over this room. Would you lay it down? Lay your mistake down. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. And it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted for sheep of slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ Jesus.'" Come on, what's separating you from your mirror? What's separating you from your breakthrough? Can you lay it down today? Can you lay it down today? Come on, are are you man or woman enough to give it to God right now? God, I didn't mean for it to happen, but it did. But I'm here to lay it down. come on somebody that's spirit filled somebody full of anointing and Holy Ghost needs to come lay hands on some of these folks some folks here have served God for years but there's been that one thing that's tormented them that one thing that's tormented them can you lay it down are you strong enough to give it to God? Or do you have to hang on to it like a comfort, like a bankie, like a, a teddy bear? Do you have to squeeze it for comfort? Or can you give it to God today? Come on, he wants to make you free in this house. Reza mo la masa. I know we're not shouting and bouncing off the walls like we were last Sunday morning, but there's the same anointing flowing in this room right now. There's the same spirit of deliverance that's flowing in here right now. Can you lay it down today? Do you have what it takes? Do you have what it takes to forgive that one that hindered you? Do you have what it takes to forgive that one that wronged you today? free or I can let this guilt follow me all the way to hell come on he wants you to walk with new power he wants you to walk with new anointing let the miracle cover you let the miracle cover you Word today, in this wonderful Word. Oh, why don't you lay it down, leave it at the altar, receive your miracle, receive the deliverance, whatever you need is here today. Amen, amen, amen. Awesome preaching, wonderful Word of God. Tonight's going to be another good time of praise, prayer, and worship, and preaching. Come back, bring somebody else with you if you can.